0: What did you get me for Christmas, Andrew? I got you a, uh, a well, nothing. Nothing? What about you, Dan?
1: I, I awarded you first place in my you tacky, h- tacky Christmas party thingy, GD.
0: Glenn, what did you get me for Christmas? Uh, I got you a fake beard that you can wear over your real beard. Ooh, like a guest beard. I got you all something even better. I got you solid fire. Woo-hoo. Bought it just for you. You shouldn't have. I negotiated the whole thing. Okay, I didn't. I'm lying. The holidays came a little earlier this year for NetApp as we acquired SolidFire. We chat a bit about that and bring in Dan Isaacs for his thoughts. Then we re-gift some interviews we did at various trade shows. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Well, 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 well. Welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast with Justin Parisi, Glenn, Glenn Sizemore, and Sully the Monster.
1: I love NetApp. Oh, 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 yeah.
0: hello and welcome to the tech on tap podcast holiday edition my name is Justin Parisi and sitting next to me is Andrew Sullivan so guys um what do you uh, what are you thinking about the holidays what do you think you want to do with the show today I think we've got a whole lot of uh, content that we can
2: uh, that we can well no offense but dump on the on the listeners right there's a there is a ton of stuff that we worked so i
0: i don't like to think of it as dumping i like to think of it as a mother bird taking in the food and regurgitating it back to its little baby birds you know you say potato i say potato (laughs) (laughs) that's much
2: more flowery the way i say it though you know is that like the drinking champagne versus eating dog food
0: thing yes exactly okay
3: Okay. Keep going on this uh, this this anal- analogy
0: war. I want to see how far you can drag this out. Oh, okay. Um, let's see. Dan, do you have one?
1: No, I I just restarted. Are you
0: playing my... your game yes, while are doing Are <laughs> 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 Dan's already on Christmas break apparently? But no, uh, uh you
2: know, we've got uh, we did all those interviews. We did all that work with the Tech on Tap Live guys, you know, to record sessions uh both before and after in some cases when they were doing the video recordings and uh it's something that we want to get out there before the content goes stale, so to speak. And there's lots of really, really good information contained in there.
0: So and and what better time to do that than the ultimate time of regifting, where you give fruitcakes the holidays. <laughs> we are regifting yeah. interviews. So, to you.
2: so Justin, I said that uh, I didn't get you anything for Christmas, but you know, we're we're giving you the uh, you know a light editing week, where all you got to do is stitch
0: together a few of those interviews. Yeah, I got to edit some of those out a little bit. All right, so uh, let's talk a little bit about SolidFire here. And so yesterday, the news broke that NetApp acquired SolidFire for around $870 million. So you, you guys heard me say this before, right?
2: I, I only have one thing to say about this. Congratulations. Welcome to the family. And uh, I'm looking forward to working with all those guys. Absolutely. Right? As, Great team there. As a technologist, I'm excited to work with that technology see what it can do, see how we can integrate with it, see all the things that we can do. And uh,
0: you know, I, I think it's an exciting thing. I, I agree. I think that's a great team over there, and it's going to be interesting to see what sort of things they bring to the table in terms of the Flash portfolio and how we're going to integrate it into our own strategy. Dan, you have some thoughts on this.
1: Yeah. Well, my first thought is, um,
0: yeah, I've been here for a long time, so I remember uh,
1: the CEO of Data Domain coming out on stage and being welcome to the family. So first things first, until the all the checks have cleared, yeah. uh, this, this is not yet a done deal. This is true. Um, this is intent, and uh, we very much want to buy them, but uh, it is not a by no means closed. So
0: run, we've asked so. them to the prom, essentially.
1: Yes, we bought our tuxedo. Have we taken the yeah. prom promise? <laughs> we we
3: have, and they have agreed. But okay. you know, we we have okay. yet to arrive and take our photo uh, on our way into the dance. Do we have the corsage? Uh, no crap. I got to go pick that up. All right,
1: good. Uh, but just assuming everything goes everything goes through. I'm, I'm very bullish on the on the acquisition. I think it is an excellent addition to the portfolio. Uh, I don't like to th- characterize things as all flash because we're moving towards a, a very near term future where it, all flash storage is just redundant. It's just
0: storage, right? Yeah,
1: it it is just storage, and I think when you look at the at the two main products or three main products that we will have in the flash base. Starting with all-flash FAS because that's my baby, you know that is the cornerstone of an enterprise data center. If you look at uh, EF, which is our other uh, flash platform, its real focus is you know extraordinarily low latency workloads, where every you know every microsecond has a dollar figure associated with it. Tremendous scale, you know that's where EF tends to play. And then with the addition of SolidFire, I think we have a, a wonderful solution for uh, service providers. Uh, I think it's a wonderful building block. We may talk about this more for um, for OpenStack. I don't know, Andrew, if you want to talk a little more. Yeah, about let's that. talk
0: a little bit about but OpenStack. So SolidFire is a pretty big player in the in the OpenStack field, right? I mean, yeah. Well. Uh, I mean, so,
2: first of all, let's be clear, I'm no expert. Uh, I am loosely associated with our OpenStack team, but uh, those guys are definitely, definitely the subject matter experts. So, that being said, um, you know, NetApp is the number one, you know, commercial storage provider to OpenStack deployments. But SolidFire is also pretty high up there, right? They, they provide a fair amount of storage to OpenStack deployments. So, I think that the, the offerings are complementary, right there different uh different services provided or different different things that each one brings to the table so i think that's very important and it's something that uh again being associated with that team there is a tremendous amount of excitement there's a tremendous amount of of joy if you will at this announcement and so so yes to dan's point right no it's the the uh The agreements are not finalized or anything like that. I'm sure there's still more approvals to go through, but uh, there is a lot of excitement um, all over NetApp, I think, about this particular thing.
1: Yeah, one of the things that I I always respected and admired about them as a company was their commitment to open source projects and and to the open source community. Um, That's very in keeping, I think, with the culture here at NetApp. Very excited, I think, about how we're going to meld these two teams together. From a cultural perspective,
0: I, I don't think the culture is going to be a problem. I think the culture really fits in nicely with what we have going on here at NetApp.
1: Yeah, well, we saw you know uh, Mr. Dave Hitz himself was uh, tweeting out last night about how much uh, SolidFire reminded him of uh, of our younger days. So yeah,
3: absolutely. I completely agree with that. I, I I think the, you know, if if you're currently sitting somewhere in Boulder uh, and you found out about this yesterday, the same time we found out about it, uh, then you know that. Take a deep sigh, man. Take a deep breath. You're gonna be fine. You'll you'll find a happy home here. Uh, it it th- this this in, in a lot of ways, uh, as Dan explained, cleanly rounds out our our storage portfolio from a complete solution perspective. Uh, it fills a tiny gap that uh, we had been filling with with C and some future stuff. That you know that quite frankly, this will just be a heck of a lot easier. It's a proven product. Uh, it's already wildly successful in the markets that it dominates. Uh, and, and, and hopefully we'll be able to help that team uh, just further accelerate their success. I'm super interested to, to learn about all of our internal roadmap plans and all that fun stuff, but you know, it, it, that, that'll all happen after the acquisition. You know, yeah. for, for, for right now, uh, I just think this is a, a, a nice little cherry on top going into the holidays you know, as, uh, as an employee and as an evangelist and fan of, of all things NetApp, quite frankly, these days. Uh, I, I really am just coming into to this announcement yesterday, just kind of going, huh?
0: Well, look you there. Who yeah. saw that coming? Well, I mean, we we heard the rumors, right? And when you hear the rumors, you're like, yeah, right, no way, because you hear rumors all the time. You hear like, oh, well, you know, this company is going to buy this company, and this company is going to acquire this company. We've heard it even from the perspective of NetApp being acquired. You know, so you hear rumors, you kind of ignore them. They kind of fall to the deaf ears eventually. But this one turned out to be true.
3: Yeah, I, uh, I, I, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not going to disclose when I w- when I started hearing the rumors, but, you know, that I, I personally didn't think it was true. You know, I was like, I, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I heard I'm I heard them a while
0: back, too. It's just, yeah,
3: you just. Oh,
0: yeah, right. Yeah. You know?
3: <laughs> yeah. Like, I just I just didn't see it. You know, so I got completely caught cold. I no no foreknowledge, no, no information. It was just a for sure took a step back and just, huh, well, look you there. That's cool got a big ass smile on my face and just started thinking about all the possibilities and places like I so this is the I have already sent emails to my management going so does this mean we can start doing flex pods now cuz that sounds like a ton of fun.
0: So one thing I noticed in George's announcement on the I guess the investor call was he talked about Ontap and how it's going to fit in with Ontap and from what I gathered was that we're not just going to shoehorn it into Ontap this is going to be its own thing. Does that what everybody else everybody else gathered as well or
1: Yeah, I doubt it's very unlikely that we're going to take SolidFire and, and try to merge it with with OnTap from a core technology right. operating yeah. system perspective. You know where there are cases that they have intellectual property that could be uh, easily adopted for OnTap. I, it would make sense to do that and vice versa. But I think what what SolidFire brings to the table over and above any any particular manner in which their technology solves a solves a storage problem are the myriad of deployment options you have. So being able to buy it just as software, uh, deploying it on white box uh, with a somewhat engineered solution, um, you know, that is really, I think, where the market or significant portions of the market are moving towards, You know that white box uh, model, and certainly with coming advances with respect to Intel's roadmap, with 3D Crosspoint and and with Skylake, uh, you're going to have a situation in the next couple of years where the amount of storage you can have in a server, for example, uh, is, is going to make something like a, a converged solution or hyper-converged solution uh, much more tenable. Plus, you know the best part about this? I can wear all my red polos again. Yes.
3: Oh, Yeah. Red is The back. color red is is now I'm allowed to wear it without people giving me nonsense. By the way, I'm so sick of the color nonsense in the storage industry. It's not even funny. Like, it's like I, it's like a gang war. It it is, <laughs> dude. You know, you, I put I put on a, a, a silly orange polo that I've had for twelve years, and I get people grabbing me at trade shows. Like, what are you doing? It's Whatever. I get to wear red again. I'm happy about that. I think red's a cool color.
1: I, I got to say, Dude.
0: though, I was going to mention the swag, right? So, I mean, the socks and the Cards Against Humanity, I mean... That's,
1: it's the Cards Against Humanity. That's the thing that's, I want most. Yeah. yeah.
0: I, I've
2: always worn my red my red OpenStack NetApp polo. Uh, did you stop wearing Argyle socks, too? Um, no. I've never worn them, but the concept is
3: cool but as, as much fun and, and as much as I would actually love to just sit around here and speculate for like the next two hours, uh, a, that's probably not smart for us to do. Uh, and B, we don't actually know anything. Right. So, so we'll find out more. Uh, and obviously, you know, uh, fingers crossed, everything goes through, we'll be able to get that team on the show and, and we'll get to start diving into that, you know, uh, uh, operating system and, and learn about how it works and, and, uh, the advantages and disadvantages yeah'll so, we'll,
0: we'll definitely be diving into that technology onto this
3: yeah so we should probably just go ahead and pivot we've got something like six or eight uh, recordings that we've gathered uh, last year at various different events that just we didn't have enough time to publish like we could have put them in the feed but then we would have been publishing two hour episodes so we We've been sitting on them waiting for a quiet week. We never got that quiet week. Uh let's let's just go ahead and start queuing them up. What do you think,
0: Justin? That sounds great to me. And uh everybody in the room and and out there listening, have some uh a happy holiday break and enjoy your time off if you're taking time off. And if not, enjoy
3: your work. Yeah, either way, just have fun, man. This is that time of year when when if you're not waking up with a smile on your face, you really are doing it wrong. Like good. Decompress. Wake up with a smile. Spend some time with your family. Don't stress out over dumb stuff. Recharge that battery, and we'll come back in January and go crush it again. The first interview we have is from Insight
0: 2015 in EMEA. Glenn Sizemore chats with NetApp customer Antonio Patalas from Tiscali, one of Italy's largest service providers. Tiscali was featured in the Insight keynote as a success story.
3: Joining us now on the Tech on Tap live stage here at Insight Berlin 2015 is Antonio Pitalis, the IT infrastructure manager at Tiscali. Antonio, how are you doing today?
4: Very fine. Uh, it's an interesting uh, conference, a lot of new stuff and all the new technology to, to be exploited, so uh, I'm very happy.
3: Yeah, I, I, uh, I will admit I was not familiar with, t- with Tiscali until yesterday's keynote. Uh, and and, and the story about how your company went through a very rapid transformation, uh, pivoting from from a consumer company to more more of a business-to-business cloud connector IT service provider, uh, and and how you basically did that overnight, and and now you're sitting there as as one of, if not the leading service provider in Italy, if I understand that correctly.
4: what I can say is that we are not changing the company. We are doing a, 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 a new approach because mainly the business focused on ab 2 c market. But today, we today, since three years ago, we started addressing the IT market of B2B customers. The ideas came from our ability to manage our subsidiaries across Europe were used to have uh, until uh, 2008. Keep in mind that we were present in 15 countries, so we manage all the AT business from, uh, from Italy, for all these countries with a unique platform, uh, even if the, this, this team was able to face different cultures, different regulations, uh, different way of selling products across, uh, across Europe. So this knowledge, this expertise has been uh, leveraged uh, to give uh, the business customers uh, the same kind of uh, uh, service. Uh, The idea is uh, uh, to to be in contact with uh, CTOs and uh, CIOs of uh, small, medium, uh, possibly large companies in order to give them services to help uh, develop their own business, uh, to help them understand that uh, the cloud is an opportunity and not not a problem, and uh, we need to let them uh, trust this uh, new era.
3: So what are some of those services uh, that that customers are, you know, what's gaining traction out there? Where where are you actually able to to go in and, and, you know,
4: move that needle, as they say? So mainly uh, because of, the, of a, a f- missing feeling on, on the cloud and probably also the fear related to where their own data are going to. And also because of re- Italian regulation are not permitting uh, to some data to cross the borders as in other countries. Uh, customers uh, that try to trust the cloud First of all, try to move their own non production service outside. So, we had some good results and good uh, uh, deal with a solution of a disaster recovery that is based on, uh, first of all, on a customer that has got up as their own uh, storage platform and uh, we have uh, uh, different customers using this kind of technology. So we are moving their own uh, disaster recovery platform for their own site to our site that is uh, based in Cagliari. Uh, and, uh, in our main data center that has got uh, a part of the t- technology point of view, has got a, g- a great natural uh, feature that is uh, placed in a, in a location where uh, from the ge- geological point of view, it is one of the ancient parts of the Mediterranean uh, uh, zone. So no seismic earthquakes uh, are in that zone. So th- it is the ideal place where to put your disaster recovery oh. platform and uh, also have your own backup data.
3: Oh, that's awesome. You guys just happen to have this spot that, for, for happy coincidence,
4: is like perfectly built for DR of IT services. For sure, it's it's a, a present that we received from God, and we need to to, to leverage this.
3: That's outstanding. So uh, uh, it sounds like uh, for today, it, it's very similar to the U.S. market, uh, and 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 the move to the cloud is beginning by removing that secondary data center, uh, or or perhaps even bringing DR into an organization that previously was running unprotected. You know, they were exposed. Uh, being able to provide that protection and 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 uh, do so and. Be able to provide that protection uh, and remove a lot of the complexity, so so that the the fear doesn't have to enter into the decision making process. I'm curious, though. You know, NetApp has its own view of, of where the cloud is headed yeah. and where we think NetApp, or uh, where we where we believe our customers are going to have to go. Uh, where do you see this market coming from? Where you sit? You know, where do, what what is the cloud going to mean to to the Italian and, and European markets moving forward?
4: What I see is uh, that is what's happening in Italy probably also in Europe is something that match a lot with your vision of data fabric uh, and this is the reason why we are trying to address new services based on this paradigm the, the new one that we are looking at is a disaster backup on demand solution based on AltaVault and storage grid so we are uh, starting looking at uh, object storage, because I suppose it it will be uh, a need for the future. Uh, A cloud service that today has not a a big appeal, because this kind of service needs to be used jointly with some other thing. So we we try to, to put on the market this kind of service, But we we see a a different uh, uh, feeling from from the customer. If you give this service with a backup solution, other than with an infrastructure solution, it is okay. But today the market is not happy regarding storage on demand. Uh, For sure, um, being uh, the owner of our our own backbone, we want to leverage this to permit our customer to move the data across the country uh, very fast, in a safe way, uh, and in a isolated tenant, uh, granting them that their own data are uh, protected from other customers.
3: Yeah, that, that security and isolation requirement, you know, that that, that is a reoccurring theme uh, and it's it, I believe that, that we actually have the same requirement inside the United States from a business perspective. It's just not there from a regulatory perspective. What, 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 appe- what we keep finding as we talk to customers such as yourself uh, is particularly in the European market, it's not even a, a question mark about like, what's best for our customers and businesses. It's black and white. Like There are no options. You must do this or you can't play in the space.
4: Yes, uh, regulation is uh, quite a a blocking issue for this kind of market because uh, mainly they arrive always later than technology. So uh, you can start uh, delivering services with a new great idea and before the uh, the, uh, regulation decide what can be done, yeah. Uh, you, you need to, to slow down your business and uh, the technology approach.
3: Yeah, being able to maintain that pace of innovation is a, a, yes. out, is, a, is a huge challenge. Well, I don't want to take up any more of your time today. Uh, you're, you're a very busy man. Thank you so much for coming and speaking here today, uh, sharing your views. You, you had an outstanding interview on the Tech On Tap Live panel, which is up on YouTube now for the listeners at home if they want to go check that out. Uh, and again, this has been Antonio Patales from Tiscali. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you, and happy
4: insight.
0: Some great insights there on how Tiscali is using NetApp to succeed. Next up, Justin Parisi caught up with Sean Chin from MySys during a Meet the Engineer session at Insight EMEA and had a short chat on how he's leveraging NetApp storage and NFS for their ESX environment. All right, I'm here with Sean Chin of MySys. He's a customer here at NetApp Insight. Sean, where are you out of?
5: I'm based from the UK. So I work in London at the the Paddington office.
0: Okay. So what does MySys
5: do? Uh, they basically just provide uh, software for banks, so they have um, many solutions that cater for all aspects of uh, banking.
0: Okay. So I actually met Sean over here at the Meet the Engineer booth at uh, NetApp Insight. He wanted to ask some questions about NFS and VMware and networking. Sean, how long have you been a NetApp customer?
5: Um, I reckon I must be at least 10 years, something like along those lines. So
0: I guess you started off in 7 mode. Now you're on that's, you're
5: on that's, clustered now. That's correct. Yeah, we still got some 7 mode systems in. Uh, production, but uh, more recently we've migrated from uh, seven mode to cluster mode in Paris and Bangalore locations.
0: Awesome, awesome. So, what are you what are you thinking about? It? How are you liking the NFS stack on uh, cluster data on tap for VMware?
5: I think um, it's it's definitely more interesting. It's got some um, differences within how it works from from seven mode, obviously. Uh, I think. Um, Today, really, when I came to speak to you, it was more about just asking questions on, uh, you know, networking configurations and how to have a redundant type of setup.
0: Yeah, so he was asking me about how to do a redundant setup with uh, networking with LACP versus failover groups and clustered on tap. And he was talking about how he had an issue where he had a link light, but he actually wasn't able to get to his IP address, and it didn't actually fail the IP address over and cause an outage. So the recommendation we gave was to go ahead and set up LACP to have that link aggregation and that link monitoring to ensure that you have failover capabilities within the switch side to control that networking piece at a lower part of the OSI layer. So, Sean, um, how, what do you think of NetApp Insight?
5: Oh, it's really good. I mean, I really appreciate the opportunity to come and learn uh, new technologies, you know, what's happening in new versions, and uh, basically just getting that good information where you just can't get anywhere else, really.
0: Awesome. So are you going to check out the general session today?
5: Yeah, I think that's uh, starting in about half an hour or so, or something like that. So
0: Yeah, it is. It is. Neto from Brazil is going to do a, a pretty good demo, so you want to check that out. Yeah, yeah, I'll definitely attend that one. It'll be good. All right, awesome. Well, thanks for stopping by, and uh, it was good meeting you.
5: No worries. Thanks for seeing Cheers.
0: Finally, we wrap up with a special treat, an interview by Glenn Sizemore and none other than Pedro Aero. He speaks with Craig Chadwell of NetApp and Mike Laverick of VMware on Evo.
6: All right, well, joining us on this episode of the podcast is from VMware, Mr. Mike Laverick. Mike, how you doing, buddy? I'm very well, thank you, yourself? You're a, you're a veteran on the podcast now. You actually came on when we were in the NetApp Communities podcast, and now you're on the Tech on Tap podcast. Oh, you
7: see, I get around, you see. I spread the love around.
6: <laughs> Glenn, you know this. Andrew, you also know this, but. Uh... Mike, I'm going to share something with you here. So we have a little outro music on our podcast. And it's got, you know, it's a little, little cheesy music. And I, I snipped a little piece of your, uh, of your last interview. You were talking about SRM and all this stuff. And you were talking about how you geek out on SRM. And so you basically said is it just me that's getting off on this stuff? <laughs> and I snipped that little piece and it's actually, so for the listeners that listen to that every week, yeah. That, that, Mike Laverick, is the, that, that is his voice. We've never said who it was, and so, little little Easter egg that I'm sharing with the podcast listeners.
7: Do I, do I get royalties on that?
6: Absolutely, you get a percentage of our profits, which is 0.0. <laughs> <laughs> Glenn, who are you sitting next to? Uh, you know, I looked up and said, well, if we're
3: going to sit down with, with the head Evo dude at VMware, well, we should grab, you know, the counterpart here, and I looked up and lo and behold, Uh, Craig Chadwell, the Evo product manager inside our converged infrastructure team was just standing over there on the side, so I stole him. Say hi Craig.
6: Hi. (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's the best part about insight is because all these experts are like literally at an arm's reach and you can just go and grab them <laughs> yeah whether, whether they want you to or not it turns out <laughs> well you, you you definitely said it this is an evo conversation and so gentlemen yeah, an um, evil
7: conversation this is, or an well evil. this is this is an
6: evil conversation <laughs> about evo how's that now
7: evil conversations <laughs> about evil evil whale. evil uh, one of the problems i sometimes say is evil whale i sometimes say by accident i mean maybe i'm referencing moby dick there i don't know <laughs>
6: is it just me that's getting off on that
7: I think it might be. I've got my legs crossed so you can't tell.
6: There you go. So tell me, what are you doing? I know you've been been an SRM expert for many years and now you're doing Evo. What what exactly are you doing for VMware with EvoRail?
7: I work uh, in the team as a product integration architect. Um, My main role is enabling partners, people like NetApp, and supporting uh, partners in in the field, but also at events like this. So about two or three weeks ago, I was at London's IP Expo, um, and although I didn't have a NetApp shirt on, I was actually on the NetApp booth, covering the EvoRail section. So I'm kind nice. of a, a resource for for partners, and I, occasionally they let me go out and actually meet some customers, but you know, only like occasionally they let me out of the cage.
6: Nice, nice. Yeah, I was pretty surprised when I walked in and saw you there. I was like, I know that guy.
7: Well, you know, I get around, but like a bad smell. <laughs>
6: All right, so, so what exactly uh, are you doing this week at Insight? Do you have any sessions? I see you at the booth, you're talking about EvoRail and NetApp solution with EvoRail.
7: Yeah, I've got uh, a session uh, uh, tomorrow at 3.45 uh, on Tuesday. Probably the people listening here will not be able to see that session because they're not here. Um, but it's a tech deep dive in EvoRail uh, on the next version, 2.0. And it's a little bit of a rerun of what I did at VMworld this year uh, with our lead engineer, Dave Shanley. And it's uh, an under-the-covers kind of look at EvoRail. You know, the, the thing is an appliance, and customers really don't need to know how the thing works in order to use it. But I'm a great believer in a little knowledge is a dangerous thing. And um, although I don't tend to do it publicly, I do like to pull back the kimono every once in a while. Not, yeah. not a physical kimono, <laughs> the a virtual one. Uh, you don't want to scare the children, after all. And like, talk about what the technology's doing underneath the tin. Because when the appliance is building out in that 15 minutes, customers are really kind of pesky. They ask questions. What's like, it doing? What's it doing? And, and you don't want to say, oh, I don't know. Uh, just click next, <laughs> you know? Yeah.
3: You know, speaking of which, Mike, it, you know, Craig, can you touch on what, we've, what we had to do to, because, you know, the as I understand it, we're the only vendor that, that slapped hardware on, in addition to you know what the base Evo platform is. So, you know, we we took this whole concept of making vSphere a, a turnkey appliance and really kind of set it to eleven from a difficulty perspective on our our own side. Uh, Craig, can you touch a little bit on, on on how we actually do that? How we're able to kickstart that physical FAS hardware from within that Evo Config appliance?
8: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, first, it's important to point out that we've had a really long and and. Special relationship with VMware from the beginning, so we've got a very strong understanding of what customers want in terms of both their uh, applications running their virtual machines on a day-to-day basis, and also from uh, on what they need in terms of uh, enterprise feature richness for their data management, and that goes into things like uh, snapshots and cloning, and backup and replication to offsite. Uh, we really wanted to make sure that with the NetApp integrated EVO Rail solution that we built that kind of capacity, that kind of feature exposure into the product from day one, while also maintaining the the value prop that the VMware program meant to deliver, which was around simplicity of deployment, simplicity of ongoing operations, a set of reduced management interfaces so that it could really be run by people who who didn't necessarily uh, want to care about the underlying infrastructure that they were running. So NetApp put a fair amount of time and effort into uh, building additional automation around the, uh, the the ONTAP product, around FAS, to make sure that it could be deployed and brought into a functional state as quickly and as easily as the base hardware that underlies the, the servers are brought up. And then additionally, integrated into the hypervisor in such a way that once it's initially deployed, the customer no longer has to touch the storage system directly if they don't want to. They can do all of their operations including The data integration, the application integration, all your backup and restoring and cloning stuff from that single interface.
7: And I think that's a great example about how the EvoRail program works. It isn't prescriptive. Partners can innovate within the program. Partners can leverage either software, hardware, or a combination of both assets. Um, And I think the uh, offering from NetApp is a great illustration of how working together we give the, the partner the chance to do their thing. Yeah. It isn't for VMware to tell NetApp how it should do stuff. Because you guys know your customer as well as we do. And quite often we're servicing the same customer. Yeah. So. But know. I want
6: to play devil's advocate. And this is for both of you guys. And Glenn as well if you want to chime in. But I'm going to poke the bear a little bit.
7: Like customers never do that. Why?
6: <laughs> and, and and I'm, again, devil's advocate here. I think Why? I know the answer. But this is. Why? I want to hear your opinions. Why would we take something that's hyper-converged infrastructure type solution and then add a box to it? Like, doesn't that take away the idea of hyper-converged?
8: I kind of reject the current market definition of hyper-converged. I see hyper-converged as a set of challenges that customers have, specifically around their day-to-day management operations and the amount of overhead and complexity that goes into managing what's commonly considered to be an enterprise class infrastructure. So if we can solve that problem in a four-use space instead of a two-use space and provide the same level of simplicity of operations and feature richness and remove the complexity, solving the real challenges that drive hyperconvergence, then who cares if it comes in 4 i I'll buy that. I mean, I, what I would add to
7: that is hyperconvergence is a relatively new technology, a new way of operating. Who says anyone has a specific right to lay down and stone what that should be at this early stage, sure,
8: yeah,
7: um, because it is too early to impose those kind of definitions. Now our analyst friends, all due respect to them, they themselves struggled with how we're going to define this thing. Is it a server SAN? Horrible term, horrible <laughs> yeah, term. I'm really pleased that hyperconvergence exactly, is the term that took hold because it, it sounds so much sexier than server SAN. <laughs> yeah. But I mean I, I, I hear that question all the time and I, I, what I say to customers is that vSAN is a great piece of software for storing virtual machines yeah. but in my experience often the customers have something else to store alongside their virtual machines now vsan excels as a data store for storing for holding vms something like netapp ontap is data management services i can plug in anything into that Now, in the best of all possible worlds, everybody on the planet would be 100% virtualized, everybody on the planet would be using VMware, Right. but we don't actually live in that world, do we? And the reality is, is that if you visit people's data center, you will see a hybrid of different solutions and a hybrid of different demands that are being needed. And in fairness to vSAN and in fairness to our storage array partners, One of the difficulties around the term vSAN is that it does invite a direct comparison to those very mature data management services. And you know, it's a kind of unfortunate name vSAN because it's not a sand. It's yeah. not a sand. Back, it's not a <laughs> sand. <laughs> so um, I, I don't know. We should have called it Stuff to Store VMs on, or something like that. What's what? the acronym for that? Stuff to Store VMs. On. <laughs> <I'm> just put a V in the beginning. A just a V at the top. V, Stuff <laughs> to
6: Pour VMs On.
7: My, love my, it. my first joke when I joined VMware is that I love working for VMware, because if you're searching for a product in an A to Z alphabet, all you have to do is go up to V and scroll downwards until you find it. It's a fantastic yeah. uh, classification. Brilliant. So. We have we have made A and all the other letters in the alphabet redundant, except <laughs> the one with V. You see. But a joking is joking aside. The way I, I uh, speak to customers when they say we're interested in, in NetApp and Evorail is you talk about tiers of storage and different classes of VMs. Yeah. And there are certain data services that I can get from NetApp on tap such as Ddupe and such as compression, such as SnapMirror with synchronous replication. And I'm sorry, we don't quite do that yet. Yep. Um, Now, if the customer's demands are elsewhere, they're for tier two applications, tier three, test and dev, maybe vSAN is an appropriate layer for their storage. And I think that's the way this particular offering will be viewed by customers. Um, I don't really buy into the idea that I have a vSAN or for that matter, hyperconvergence is some kind of storage array killer because I do not believe in one-size-fits-all solutions that uh, will bring about world peace in the data center by our Jesus appliance. (laughs) Um, But I'm sorry that- Is that a V-Jesus appliance? A V-Jesus appliance. Hey, we found the (laughs) new name. So I was going to say is that that is how a lot of these technologies are currently being sold. What I do is I speak to customers and I go, where are you at? So, last week when I was at the IP Expo, I met a customer who has three servers, I won't mention a brand name, and a storage array, won't mention a brand name. All of that hardware is up for renewal. They only use 10% of that storage array's functionality. They mainly use it for storing VMs. Woo, what (laughs) do we do? And they really have no need for a rinky-dinky fancy storage array. But I also meet customers who have got vmware solaris god forbid windows god forbid you know know, linux and they're running on physical can i do anything with vsan for them well you know i could put a vsa on top of it like a you know i don't know whatever and offer up a an an nfs target or a iSCSI target would that be the most efficient and best way to do it probably not no so uh, the, the idea that this jurassic legacy system is going to be swiped away of oh, that Jurassic legacy system that is only six months old by the way Right, right, right. is going to be swept away is I think perhaps over-egging the story
6: I like it alright well that's that's a, that's the short version of what's going on at Insight EMEA around Evo Rail Mike thank you so much for coming Craig also yeah. thank you for coming and uh, gentlemen and uh, go preach the good word of NIRS Evo Rail on NetApp thanks guys is
7: it me or is it only I cut off on this stuff <laughs>
6: <laughs> love it
0: Alright, that music tells me it's time to go. If you'd like to get in touch with us, send us an email to podcast at netapp.com or send us a tweet at netapp. As always, if you'd like to subscribe, find us on iTunes or SoundCloud or via techontappodcast.com. If you liked the show today, leave us a review. On behalf of the entire Tech On Tap podcast team, I'd like to thank you all for joining us this week. And as always, thanks for listening. So, uh, what are you guys, you guys gonna eat some fruitcake? Oh, yeah, uh, I can't, I can't do fruitcake. No, <laughs> not no. Yeah, the candy its only uh, good if you let it sit there for three years. Yeah, the candied fruit is not my idea of good. Yeah. Dan, fruitcake. No, it's I, we we yeah, I'm just oh, eating Yeah, mashed potatoes. Ah, mashed potatoes. Glenn, fruitcake. Uh, uh,
3: I will be eating absolutely everything inside.
0: Yeah, I've already been doing that for the last oh, month. Oh, yeah.
3: Happy holidays, everyone.
1: Yeast Rolls.